Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, Sunday, May 19th, praying God's promises. And we're continuing our study on how to stand on God's promises even when we don't think that we have the answer right away. How do we stand? Last week we went through some verses and commentaries on the Old Testament and today we're going to start with the New Testament. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse can find Hebrews, it's Hebrews, and then James, and then the Peters. First Peter one, chapter—it's uh, chapter one, verse thirteen. And you have the amplified, so yep. if you would read out of that first. So brace up your minds, be sober, circumspect morally, set your hope fully and unchangeable on the grace, divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ the Messiah is revealed. Okay. Now. Uh, Brace up your minds, be sober. That means to be circumspect and morally alert. Uh, now in the NIV it says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. So. Uh, the NIV is pretty concise. Prepare your minds for action and be uh, self-controlled. But the N, uh, but the Amplified tells you how to do it. So be sober, be circumspect, be morally alert. So it's very active. Set your hope wholly. So set it wholly, unchangeably on the grace and divine favor. So stand by preparing your minds and controlling yourself. That's controlling your thoughts, 
your emotions, your behavior. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. And that talks a little bit more about that same verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Now, would you like to read that, Ed, since you read be the well verse? Be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Okay. Uh, the NIV says, be self-controlled and alert. So it reminds you again, be self-controlled, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the face, faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So the Amplified tells you, be firm in the faith against his onset. Be rooted, be established, strong, immovable, and determined. Uh, does anyone have any other version that they'd like to read on that? Well, I have the good news. Okay, would you like to do that one? Yeah, which is different. Uh, be alert, be on watch. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for something to devour. Be firm in your faith and resist him because you know that your fellow believers in all the world are going through the same kind of suffering. Okay. Uh, now, here's my comments like a roaring lion, like it. He's an imitator of an animal of strength. He's not an actual lion. Jesus is the lion of Judah. And so, you know, the devil's always trying to imitate God, the, the triune God. So he yeah. walks around like a roaring lion, and he's always looking for someone to devour. Remember that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He brings the curse. The enemy will fight to keep your prayers answer from manifesting, so be persistent while waiting. The devil can do only what he is allowed to do. He must be given an opening to enter a situation through words or actions. Jesus is the real line of Judah with the real power and authority and strength. So stand firm in the word. Waiting on the Lord is an active process. Praying, seeking God's face, studying, meditating, confessing the word, talking with God. While waiting on God, listen, listen for instructions from the Holy Spirit, then obey them. Bless and encourage others. We are blessed to be a blessing, and often our man answers manifest when we help others and work to advance the kingdom of God. Can you think of anything else we can do while waiting on God? Now keep in mind that works of the flesh and our own efforts are not the same as spirit-led actions. But what can we do? Okay, this brings up Pastor Jeff's sermon then, which is prayer. 
and we, and he's talking about pray constantly. And I thought it was interesting that Pastor Jeff brought up this point about I don't expect you while you're driving down I-99 to close your eyes and have an accent. But there are di- and he brought up the thing that there are different ways to pray. Okay, I can pray while driving. It's just a different kind of prayer. But I mean, I can be communing with God without closing my eyes or clasping my hands together or getting on my hands and knees. You can commune with God just by talking to Him. And you can commune with Him just as you would a friend that's next to you. So it's not like you have to always be in the pose of supplication like he did for the kids yeah. this morning. I, I, I think that... I rolled my eyes. Because <clears throat> I think that, that that gives people a wrong yeah. opinion of the way to talk to God. There are times when that is appropriate. That is appropriate at times, I think but so. you know, the Jews stood with their eyes raised and looking up to heaven, to the throne room of and God. And they still do it, the wailing And called. they put their hands up to receive. They were always in a position to give their problems, open up their hands and arms, to give their problems and concerns to God. And at the hand time, same time, kept their arms up in praise and to be receptive for all His blessings. There is no one particular way, there's no one particular type of prayer, and there's no one t- position for prayer. You can lay prostrate face and body on the floor, stretched out with your head down. I haven't tried that one. <laughs> but but yes, I've done it. And mm-hmm. I've done it many a time. And I've done it on my living room floor at home. I've done it here in front of the cross at church during prayer group. You, there are times when that's appropriate to just completely subjugate yourself to God and, and wait for His answer. There are other times when it's appropriate to sit in a pew or, or kneel at the prayer railing. You can put, clasp your hands, you can put them down flat. It doesn't matter. The important thing is your heart. Is it actually you talking to God as your sovereign Lord and as your best friend. And I think your point and Jeff's point is that just They're that both thing, right, always depending on the type of can. prayer, the time and place you're at. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of hours weeding my garden and just sitting there in the grass talking to God like He was my friend, my best friend. And those were the best prayers I ever had, just sitting there talking with him because that's when I really start to understood who he is to me who he is for me what he is to to understand that there are so many facets to God that we can hardly conceive of how awesome he is yes he's the all-powerful creator but he's also our best friends he's our Abba father he's the best daddy you could ever ask for he's our daddy He's our provider. He's, he's everything to us. So when you learn the respectful poses, that's, that's great and it's appropriate. But then there are other times when you can be informal and be going down the road just singing along with a praise song and praising Him. You can talk to Him. You can uh, pray a prayer of supplication, a prayer of intercession for others while you're driving down the road. 
It doesn't matter if your eyes are open or closed. It doesn't matter where your hands are. It doesn't matter if you're standing, sitting, or lying on your face. It's the heart, and God looks at your heart. You, you know, you, go ahead. <laughs> you know, there's one thing you have brought up today, and you have brought up, that I'd like to mention, is waiting for God. Yes. I understand that now, and I really believe that to be the truth. But there have been times in my Christian walk when I will pray and I will expect God's answer, and then when I don't get the answer, then I do something myself which isn't right. right. We really should wait. It's like going and, through the drive-through and wanting it right now. Right. <laughs> Uh, sometimes there's other things that have to line up yeah. and uh, God just always keep in mind he knows our his plans for us from beginning to end Much and they were already accomplished everything that we need is available to us but sometimes we have to wait on him and also there are other spiritual forces that try to interfere. This enemy that prowls the earth like a roaring lion will do everything he can to block uh, the answer. He'll try to distract us from hearing it. He'll try to, to put other situations in the middle of the mess. He'll bring other people to talk at us. Even family and best friends can sometimes be, uh, be led, and they're not even aware of what's going on. But, you know, Satan will push people or talk to them to do things that uh, they have no idea what they're doing. And it may interfere for a time in us hearing from God. Um, you know, even uh, the archangel Michael had to wrestle with, with the devil. On, on a road uh, to come help, I believe it was Daniel. So even, even if the angels have to wrestle with the demonic spirits, what do you think we have to wrestle with? And uh, we have to be, be very cognizant of hearing God's voice and being strong in the word. And, and not be distracted by things that are going on in the world. Um, and we have to keep our words and actions lined up with the word at all times and not allow our, our mouth to uh, close that route between us and God. Sometimes we'll pray a prayer and then we'll say something stupid that totally destroys the prayer we just prayed. So we have to really be careful uh, let's continue uh, that First Peter chapter 5 mm -hmm. and go with uh, verses 10 and 11. We'll just continue that. Verses 10 and 11. Do you want to read that, uh, Taylor? And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So this guy's in with what Tom was saying about waiting for God. Because he said God will answer. 
through grace here. Okay. And your words are a lot different from uh, the Amplified. And I just want to point out one of your words. Yours says perfect. Mm -hmm. Now, in the Bible, the, uh, the meaning of the word perfect is not to make us flawless, but it means maturing, maturing in the faith. So it's to mature us, which is a process. We will never be perfect in, in our... In the human way of understanding the, the English word perfect, we, we tend to think it's flawless, without defect, but only Jesus was flawless. Only Jesus was perfect and without blemish. What we are doing is maturing in the faith. Uh, let me read the, NI, uh, the Amplified Version. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. To him be the dominion, power, authority, and rule forever and ever. Amen. So be it. These two verses talk about grace. They talk about maturity, strength, glory in Christ Jesus. And that all leads to dominion and peace. Do you have any other versions or do you have any comments about this? Okay, Gregory Dickow made a comment. When a storm hits, it exposes what you believe. You need to believe in the goodness of God whether you see it or not. Believe in his nature, character, goodness, and faithfulness. When we started this teaching back in January, we went through uh, a, a load of verses talking to you about who God is and why you can stand on his promises. It all comes back to believing in God because of his nature, his character. God is good. He is the essence of goodness. And he is faithful. He will keep his promises. Think about the story of the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee when a storm arose and buffeted them, and they became fearful. This We've read this many times in Mark 4. Uh, verses 35 through 41. Jesus calmed the storm and revealed his power, authority, and nature to them. Every situation, every problem has a root. Go to the root and deal with it. Speak to the wind like Jesus did on the Sea of Galilee. The wind is the unseen spirit of the problem. Speak to the wind to stop the waves. The waves are the seen manifestation of those strong winds blowing across. So we need to speak to the unseen spirit, the root of the problem, to stop the manifestation and continuance of that problem. Praying the, prob praying the promises will bring God's supernatural power onto the natural realm. It brings the 
the good spiritual realm into our realm so that we can see things changed for the better. Now T.D. Jakes has a private stash of scriptures for the worst days. His, one of his favorites is Deuteronomy 33 verse 25. Let's just go to that quick. 33 verse 25. 33 verse 25. Now his version is um, as thy days are, so shall your strength be. As thy days are, so shall your strength be. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, these other versions are a lot different. Um, let me read uh, the Amplified. It says, Your castles and strongholds shall have bars of iron and bronze. And as your day, so shall your strength, your rest, and security be. Taylor, do you want to read your version? Ooh, that's way different from all those. Your locks shall be iron and bronze. And according to your days, so shall your leisurely walk be. Hmm. So we went from castles and strongholds to locks, in my version. Good news is very different. Okay. Okay. Um, very different. May his towns be protect. May his towns be protected with iron gates, and may he always live secure. Wow. Gates. They're all changing. Why is that? Mm -hmm. we're, well, um, we're going to talk about that. Iron gates. Let me see what, I think his might have been at the NIV. What does yours say? 33. 33. Verse 25. Verse 25. Okay. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will equal your days. Okay. So, it's a lot of different ways to say the same basic idea. As thy days are, so shall your strength be. Uh, my comment is uh, what T.D. Jakes said in his sermon, God will give you the amount of strength needed for the days of trial and tribulation. Okay. Now, Castles and strongholds are places of fortification, mm -hmm. safety, and security. Uh, the bars of iron and bronze help keep them in place. The bars help with safety and security. And it says, and as your day, That's as your day goes, so shall your strength, your rest, and security be. That's security. I've got leisurely walk. Wow. Well, and that a leisurely walk is without stress. It's with peace. So, 
God will give you what you need to survive the trials and tribulations of life. A lot of this goes back to Psalm 91. It's all uh, visualizations of the safety and security of being under the wings of God. He will provide anything that you need to get through trials, tribulations, anxieties, concerns, uh, troublesome situations. And when you stand on His Word and pray on His Word, then you have that leisurely walk. You have the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. Would this then, in Hebrew, maybe this would, this word would have been shalom in the Hebrew? Uh, peace would be shalom. <coughs> and everything that's found in the salvation that you obtain through <coughs> Jesus Christ. Nothing broken, nothing uh, incomplete. Everything is whole, it's complete, uh, it's without trouble. And I'm going to go back, read your verse again, Taylor, because there is a word in there that I want to bring out of that. Your locks shall be iron and bronze, and according to your days, so shall your leisurely walk be. Okay, your locks, okay. Your locks are open with the key, and one of the keys to, to the blessing is prayer. Let me go back here. The key, one of the keys to faith is prayer. So that all connects back. I'm trying to see here. I had a comment on this. And to get into your castle and stronghold, you would have to have a key. You know. Yeah, the key the the key unlocks the gates. And there's the gates of heaven. So praying prayer is one of the keys of faith. So prayer and faith are the keys to open up the doors to all that God provides to us. Now, I know I had something in my notes here about that. It might so be like further that. back. It might be further back. I like here. your thought here, though, that prayer is a key of faith that opens the gates of heaven. See, I like that. Sometimes this, the difference in the Bibles, the in their interpretation, really stuns me. Because you'd think they'd all say roughly the same thing. And then, you know what, we have three different versions of the same little passage there. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. How different they are. Yeah. And faith-filled prayer of a righteous man is effective. So, uh, faith, a prayer said in faith opens those locks to, to obtaining a life full of blessings and peace. Mm. Now, you said, 
you said this was one of T.D. Jake's favorite mm -hmm. phrases? Yeah, Deuteronomy 33:25. as thy days are. How do you spend your day? Do you spend it in prayer? Do you spend it with faith? Do you talk according to, does your speech line up with the word? Do your actions line up with the word? So you can determine, you have a lot to do, to do with how your day is going to go in the way that you think, talk, and act. Your obedience to the will of God. And when trials come up, when you act according to the word and speak according to, to the word, that's the strength that will get you through your trials and tribulations in life. Now, uh, <coughs> Psalm 18. Let me get it in my, both of my Bibles here. You know, I'm glad we're you're able to do this without so much talking. It's really good. Because I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> well, I try to keep it slow enough that you can, you know, write down a reference. Oh, yeah. Or write down a, a key word or note. I know because when speakers are too fast, then I get frustrated trying to write it all down. <laughs> if, I, if I go too fast, let me know. And I'm more than happy to repeat anything. Okay, we're going to do Psalm 18. And it's going to be a long passage here. Uh, verse 39 through 50. And Taylor, I'd like you to read that. That is awful. I'm glad he's reading. <coughs> it might be a little rough on your throat. <laughs> so I'll let him read it and then you can put in any extra verses that you want repeated then. 39 through 50. through 50. Okay. For thou hast girded me with strength for battle. Thou hast subdued me under those who rose up against me. Thou hast also made my enemies turn their backs to me. And I destroyed those who hated me. They cried for help that there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them fine as the dust before the wind. I emptied them out as the mire of the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the contentions of the people. Thou hast placed me as a head of the nations, a people who I have not known serve me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners submit to me. Foreigners fade away and come trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who executes vengeance for me and subdues people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Surely thou dost lift me above those who rise up against me. Thou dost rescue me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks to thee among the nations, O Lord, and I will sing praises to thy name. He gives great deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Hmm. Okay. 
that girded me with strength for battle where this starts mm -hmm. reminds me of this armor of God well, that we're supposed good, to put on. Because that's what I that was gonna be the start of my comment. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this tells you that God provides the armor that we need. Now that line goes prowling around, looking to create trouble, to steal, kill, and destroy. He's looking for any opening that he can get into your life. He can't do, he has no real power of his own. His power <coughs> and ability to do anything in your life comes from you giving him openings or other people giving him, him some openings to try to influence you or attack you. Okay. When this happens, because it's not always something that you say or do, it may be someone else that he gets to instigate to come in. That's where these other enemies come in, these foreigners, these other nations. Mm -hmm. But God equips you and gives you the full armor to protect you and to divert those fiery arrows. He gives you that sword of the spirit So you don't have to always uh, try to, you don't have to think that you have to do everything on your own. A lot of us try to combat all these problems with coming up with plan A and if plan A doesn't work then we'll go to plan B and if plan B doesn't work maybe we'll enlist someone else to help us with plan C. No, you need to go to God first. Pray his word back to him. Pray his promises back to him. And give God the opening into your life. Give God the permission to step in and advocate for you. It tells you in verse 47. Well, let's say verse 46. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. Remember, we spent a lot of time talking about salvation and what it means yeah. to us. And the God who avenges me and subdues peoples under me, God delivers me from my enemies. He lifts us up above those who rise up against us. God delivers us from the man of violence. So right here's a long passage that tells you to lean on, rely on, trust in, have faith in God. Ask him first, put him first, and let him guide and direct you as to how to deal with all the trials and anxieties of life. Yeah, this entire psalm is about deliverance by God. I mean, uh, the entire thing is amazing. Um, it is called um, Psalm 18 The Lord is a rock fortress and deliverer I love you O Lord my strength the Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my God is my rock in whom I take refuge he is my shield and the horn horn is a word for strength, representing strength and the strength of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved 
from my enemies. And it goes on with all kinds of visualizations of what God does and how he does it for us. Um, I have a question. I'm thinking of Abraham. I think, am I right? Uh, <clears throat> who is it? I could be wrong. Who is it that God told? Job? Are you thinking of Job? That he would have. He was elderly, and God told him he would have a child. That's Abraham. That was Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. But Abraham <clears throat> didn't want to wait. And right. He, and he had a child with someone else than his wife. Well, his wife came along and offered her handmaiden, yes. Hagar. So his wife, here's someone came in to Abraham and said, well, look at my young handmaiden. And Hagar was very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, he jumped on that. <laughs> he jumped on that and did tried to fulfill God's promise in his own effort with work. Hagar. And look at the trouble we've had ever since with work. Ishmael, born to Hagar, who is under the law. And then you have <coughs> but, Isaac, born to his bona fide oh, wife, yeah. Sarah, who is the mother of all nations. Her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah, which means mother of the nation of all nations. And that was God's plan. And there's been a split ever since Ishmael and Isaac were born. Isaac was born under grace, the covenant of grace. But but Abraham turned around after that and let go. He had yeah. Yes. Because Ishmael and Hagar were dividing the household of faith. Okay, now what my question is, is Abraham is totally respected by God scripturally mm -hmm. in the Old Testament and the New Testament yes. all over. Yes. Because he but was the first, first person of faith in the Old Testament. The first person who actually uh, met God's need to have a person on earth to be a person of faith. But why do we still do this? Uh, okay, you understand what I'm asking? I'm pointing out something from Scripture. Because he's the father of Isaac and Jacob and the beginning of the Jewish people, the chosen people. Isaac means Israel. The twelve tribe he produced the twelve tribes of Israel. Yeah, and they are still God's chosen people. And that's the the okay, that leads to the line that leads to the that has the tribe of Judah which produced our Savior, Jesus. I, I know, but you're not understanding you know, my question. Where, where, okay. is, where does your question go? I'm bringing out an example, but then Abraham became very respected because he finally, see... He made a mistake with Hagar. But you have to realize your mistake. And I think he, he did, you know. Yeah. But why do you think we still 
make the mistake rather than I'm even talking about myself why do you think because we're human and we were born of a corrupt seed yeah but okay because we're born in sin because of the, uh, because of the, the original things, sin. the original sin that occurred in the garden we are all sin and so because our nature is sin we all make that mistake and it's only when you get to a point of repentance and acceptance right. and for yes, Christ I, yeah. that we start to turn ourselves around. And remember that <clears throat> Abraham made a mistake too. Oh, it's yeah. just our nature to make to always and mess God up. And God forgives. And God and forgives. He demonstrated and helps us. great faith. Yeah. You know, he's the one that tithed to Melchizedek, who was a foreshadow of Christ. And he established, uh, uh, you know, the circumcision, which back then it could only be a physical. A sign on people that they were devoted to God. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure I'm getting your question there. Am I diverting off of that? There are so many fa facets of this whole faith thing. Okay. Well, no, you know, you're not totally diverting off. It's just uh, I'm really learning from all this. I am. I'm. I really thank God for how much. I've been willing to let go, yeah. but we need to let go. And he didn't let go, but then he did let go, and look what happened. But why do you think now, even, you know, when I was young, I read about Abraham and, you know, you read about much scripture, but then you still make mistakes. Right. That's our flesh. That's the sinful flesh. Even when you're born again, your spirit man is wiped clean. But we still have the flesh nature. Well, it's like a residue of sin that we have to constantly work at yeah, overcoming. Right. Yeah, now there's a, there you're very constant. We have to, see, we are never going to be perfect. It's a, it's yeah. a continual process, and that's why it's so important for us. Yeah to pray, to talk with God, to read His Word every day. Not just come to church on Sundays and think you're good for the week. Right. It's right. a constant renewing of the mind. And it's, it's a very active process. You have to choose to do it. You have to be dedicated in doing it. You have to stand firm in it. And that's why we're spending all this time on, be, on standing. Oh, well, yeah. Because it's not a lackadaisical, well, I'll pray to God and let him take care of it. No, you have an active part in all of this. And you have to keep your mind refreshed every day. Uh, it's so easy to be, be distracted by the world or fall back on old traditions, fall back on saying old phrases that you grew up with that aren't quite <coughs> according to the word. It may sound good, it may sound spiritual, but it's slightly twisted from what God said. We have to be ever vigilant. See, well, what you just said is so vital every day. Every day. Every day. And talk through God throughout the day and listen yeah, to Him. Because we get... Yes. We get I'm sorry? Psalms. I know, I've been there. I, don't I, don't, I have not always adjusted every day, but I'm really trying to now. It's what Joyce Meyer calls the battlefield of the mind. Yes, yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot of other 
preacher teachers that you know have talked about it. T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Gloria Copeland, uh, Gregory Dickow. Uh, there's just a whole uh, ton of teachers and preachers that have Super. looked at this. And so there's lots of books out there that you can read. And, and you can't just read the book and then just not do it. Uh, it's really important. That, that mind wants to do what it wants to do. And a lot of it's based on tradition or it's based on our past. And we have, like you said, we have to overcome some of those things that we grew up with or things that people told us over and over and over. A lot of us were taught wrong concepts. They sounded good, but they just weren't quite right. So that's why we need to get in here and really know the word. Did you have a question, Ed, about the Psalms? Is, is Psalms the longest book in the Bible? Yes. That's why. Mm -hmm. And it's in the middle. Yep. That's what I thought. What's the second? <laughs> What's the second longest? Might be Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah is pretty long. Okay. Now let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter four. It's before you hit those little letters. Yes. Okay, we all there? Tom, do you want to read this time? For what? Verses 1 and 2. Okay. This is from the good news. Now God has offered us the promise that we may receive the rest he spoke about. Let us take care then that none of you will be found to have failed to receive the promised rest. For we have heard the good news just as they did. They heard the message, but they did not But it did not them, uh, I'm sorry, but it did them no good because when they heard it, they did not accept it with faith. Okay. See, that's right. We have to accept. Okay, now the NIV is pretty short. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Okay, and then would you read out of the Amplified? This is another one of those uh, sets of scriptures that really vary a lot from one version to another. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today, let us be afraid to trust it, lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come short of reaching it. For indeed we have had the glad tidings, gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because it was not <coughs> faith with the learning of the entire personality on, on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those mm. who have heard it. Neither were they united in faith with the 
ones, Joshua and Caleb, who had did believe, that had heard did believe. Okay. Now that's very... It's, this one tells you specifically the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today. A lot of people say, oh, well, that was, you know, the Old Testament when all those things happened with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Daniel, Moses, David, you know, that was them. No, these promises still hold, and we can have those promises right now. And for the, you know, forever. These promises stand forever. And we have the gospel of God, the glad, the glad tidings, proclaimed to us just as they did. And we can benefit them with the leaning of our entire personalities on God. So we need to lean on Him with our uh, body, mind, and spirit in absolute trust, confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. So that's that leaning on, relying on, trusting, having full faith in Him. Do you have any comments uh, or do you want to read your version? Does yours read any differently? Or does it offer any more? It, um, no, it, it says pretty much that the reason that they uh, are not profiting from the good news is because uh, they are not united by faith. But I think it's fairly important that uh, in verse 7, mine has in big bold letters, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So I have to agree that, um, that this is something that is a living and active thing that's available. In fact, verse 12 says that. it's uh, God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So trusting in God is something that is available to us, you know, today and every day. That verse 7 is Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 7? Yeah. Today, and if then, you hear his voice, um, do not harden your hearts. And then you said uh, verse, verse 12. verse 12, God is living and active and sharper than two-edged sword, the word of God. So this entire passage is, is really fantastic. Hebrews 4. And then uh, verse 16 is that phrase that we talk about all the time. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures there you go, Tom. Receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So this, this verse 16, uh, as written in the Amplified, ties all those concepts together. We, even though we fail, we're not perfect, we still receive grace and mercy from God and the right kind of help and the right timing of help. Just when we need it. Now, uh, I also wanted to read Hebrews 7. Yeah, we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Let's finish with Hebrews 7. 
and just one verse, 25. Who wants to read that? I got it. Okay. Therefore he is able, he is able also to save to the uttermost, completely perfectly, uh, finally and for all time and eternity, those who come to God with, through him, since he is always living to make petition to God and intercede with him and intercede for them. Okay. The NIV is, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them, for them. So he's able to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, finally, for all time and eternity. When you come to God and he's always living, he can make petition and intercede. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus is living to be our advocates and intercessor. It's because it's quite specific, it says, to those who draw near to God through Him. Through God, Jesus. Through him. Not just anyone <clears throat> praying to Buddha, burning incense to, to Krishna, will not do it. It's going, praying to God in the name and in the blood of Jesus. To God through Jesus. And Jesus acts on our behalf. He is our lawyer, our advocate, our intercessor to the Father. Okay, any, any other comments on that? Okay, next week we're going to talk about warfare. Warfare going two ways, offense and defense. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. So we'll just take what we just did and expand on that. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.